Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Well, good morning, everybody. We're back. Uh, I say this some Saturdays. It's probably the most exciting time of the week for me. I really mean it. Uh, we enjoy this show. It's a... Uh, uh, hopefully it's educational entertaining to you. It's very entertaining to us and, and fun to do. And uh, I guess it has to be that way because we've been doing it for 17 years. That was the recorded introduction you just heard. And this is Earl Stewart, the recovering car dealer, live and in color. And I uh, need to make a little correction in the recording uh, introduction. We have a son substitute this morning, Stu Stewart, uh, who is very popular on the show and gets a lot of calls. Uh, is on staycation, a COVID-19 kind of a thing. He's staying home with his family and uh, trying to calm down and relax and uh, a little R&R, but do it in a safe manner. So Stu's on a staycation, and I would like to introduce Josh Stewart to you. I'll do that in just a second. Josh is my youngest son. I have three sons. And Josh is our uh, co-general manager at our dealership. And when I mention our dealership, I have to say this is in full transparency because I am an automobile dealer. Josh is an automobile dealer. Nancy is an automobile dealer. We're all retail associated. Rick, we're in that business. But this is uh, not an infomercial. And I know you old listeners, I don't mean uh, chronologically, but you know, the ones that have been with us for a long time. Uh, You understand that. But I think a lot of people, uh, the naysayers in the audience might think that I'm using this as some sort of a means to sell more cars at my dealership. I don't, I truly don't. In fact, I probably err on the extreme there. We we push Hondas and we push Nissans and we push uh, all the good cars out there on the road, General Motors, but all the manufacturers today build some really good cars and there's some good buys. So we're not trying to get you to buy a car from us. We're trying to protect you from being taken advantage of when you do buy or lease a car or when you maintain or repair your car. And um, uh, one of the, if there's something that we overlook too often uh, is maintaining and repairing. We focus like on a mystery shopping report. We focus on sales practices and deceptive advertising and things of this nature. But people go in two or three times a year to have a car repaired or maintained. At least you should have them uh, maintained two or three times a year. And uh, Rick Kearney is a, part of this team, has been a part of this team for a long time, been with me for about a quarter century. Does that make you feel old when I say a quarter century? I mean, that's a lot of, a big chunk no, of your life. No, 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 <laughs> I, I think being old makes me feel old. The <laughs> <laughs> fact of the matter is, Rick is really good at what he does, and if you have a squeak or a rattle that you can't figure out, or you got a, a some sort of a symptom in your car, and maybe it's not accelerating right, or, you know, a, a smell, uh, there's so many things that can happen 
uh, when you're in He's your car. He's a hound dog. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to, you want to get it fixed, but here we are, COVID-19. And you say, do I really want to go into a service department somewhere? And uh, you know, sometimes they're not wearing masks. They don't have to do the social distancing. You, you worry about that. You know, the guy worked on my car. Uh, what if he's infected and, and, and then he hands the car back to me? I got to get in that car. A lot of reasons you don't want to go in. So I'm suggesting to you this morning, call Rick, 877-960-9960. And that's, uh, you can talk to Rick, directly to Rick Kearney, 877-960-9960, and ask him about it. He might say, nothing to worry about. He might say, try this. It might, it's possible it could be something serious. And then uh, he, he'll tell you to take it in and have someone take a look at it. So uh, repairing and maintaining during a pandemic. I wrote a column on that, by the way. Uh, and I think I go. have it over there somewhere. Yeah. How to repair and maintain your car during a pandemic. That's on the blog, EarlOnCars.com. And you can get all my blogs there. Uh, I also talk about buying a car during a pandemic. A lot of things change. I don't need to tell you. And uh, oh, here it is: maintaining and repairing. Yeah, maintaining and repairing your car during a pandemic. A lot of things you can do to be risk-free and still have your car taken care of. So there we are. And uh, Nancy Stewart, of course, uh, introduced her uh, the recorded introduction. And Nancy Stewart has been with me since the get-go. She's a founder, a founder of Earl and Cars, been with me from the very beginning. And uh, you know, when we started out on this show, we had no female listeners, and now we got uh, pretty close to parity. We got, a, uh, I'd say, about 50% every week, and uh, they give us a whole new focus. Uh, and let's face it, women and men are different. I discovered that when I was about 13, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure, but anyway, uh, they are different, and they look at life a little differently than men do. And the fact is, they're half the planet, right? Half the planet. They buy half the cars. They service and repair half the cars. And it really wouldn't be a very good show if we were only showing the, the male point of view. So uh, Nancy Stewart uh, has a very special offer. I'll just give you talk about it, Nancy. What, is, uh, what are you going to do for the lady listeners if we can get a few more today? Well, first of all, 13. Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> I like that response. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Earl on Cars. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us uh, this full two hours that we have of information, mystery shopping report. Uh, we've got it all, but most of all, we need you. So give us a call toll free at 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 and for the first two new lady callers we offer each of you $50 and uh, you know we can all use uh, a little extra cash especially now during the pandemic and uh, we really appreciate your company and uh, ladies uh, what you have to say is uh, is very important and we'd like you to give us a call even if you want to say hello or you do have a question 877-960-9960 now back to the recovering car dealer and we have a, a new access i say we've been doing it actually for a couple of years but we've always had the text number our text number is 772-497-6530 that, that's a text a lot of people like a text 
Uh, I, I, texting has become part of our lives. I mean, a lot of people just don't use telephones anymore. Uh, texting, in my opinion, is more efficient and it's less invasive and it also can be kind of, it's a little bit more anonymous. Uh, so text us at 772-497-6530. And then we said, why don't we have something that's really anonymous? And wow, what a reception we had to that. I, I expected the only uh, people that would use this, and that's youranonymousfeedback.com. Youranonymousfeedback.com. If you use that URL, that web address, and you put in your comments, criticisms, information, whatever you want to put in there, insults, fine. We thrive on constructive criticism, and we even like some unconstructive, you know, destructive criticism can be entertaining. And so nobody knows who sends this in. So youranonymousfeedback.com. Love to hear uh, what you had to say. And people do it just because I, I guess they feel a little bit, I don't know, Privacy is a big thing, and I think uh, that you feel a sense of total privacy, and you can speak your mind, and no one's going to come after you. So, youranonymousfeedback.com. Um, Josh moment. Stewart. Well, ex excuse me for a moment while I'm thinking about it, and we have the audience uh, attention. You know, uh, uh, week in and week out, uh, we expose... Uh, these car dealers and uh, what they're doing to consumers but uh, as i say always say we can't do it alone we really can't and uh, we would like you to take part in uh, giving uh, the attorney general a phone call uh, ashley moody she's here to protect the consumer and up until now uh, as far as i can hear and see uh, we haven't had her cooperation uh, not at all so give her a call 850-414-3300. Ashley Moody. Ashley Moody, yeah. Attorney General. Yeah, she can she, give us a hand. That's the big gun. She's the chief law enforcement officer in the state of Florida. And uh, when Ashley speaks, people, people pay attention. And uh, if she were to enforce the laws that are already on the books for the uh, car dealers, we have a, a rather lengthy statute that uh, covers things like uh, unfair deceptive advertising, uh, dealer fees, and a lot of other things that we talk about on this show week after week. And for some reason, none of our attorney generals, I'm not picking on Ashley, but uh, for the past three or four attorney generals that we've had since this show's been on, rarely is there ever any kind of intervention or control. Josh Stewart, uh, who I mentioned earlier, is uh, my youngest son, and uh, he is a, a co-general manager of our dealership with Stu Stewart, and he's also part of the cyber team that we use, the Mystery Shopping Report. And the Mystery Shopping Report is got to be the most exciting uh, part of the show. I mean, it's just it's, it's risky yeah, for the you know, undercover agent that goes into the dealership. Mm. It's also uh, risky for me uh, for assassination purposes, I'm only kidding. That's right. Okay. The Kevlar vest, I don't really need it, but I just I wear it anyway. And uh, Is I uh, supposed to have one of those? <laughs> oh, I, yeah, you do need one. I might give one to Agent Thunder, really, because the real risk is to our undercover Agent Thunder. And we've actually, uh, years ago, we had uh, one of our earlier agents that was almost physically challenged. 
uh, there was a tug of war between the vehicle buyer's order, and he snatched it out of their, their hand and ran out of the dealership. That would be Agent X. That was Agent X, yeah, right. Wow. And, and, and Josh uh, was kind enough to, uh, well, bless us with his presence, and uh, what a great guy. And, uh, we'll see if it's we, a blessing or a curse in two hours. <laughs> we... We didn't ask him to sign that waiver, though. You know, you've got the vest on. How's, how's Josh going to be protected here? I'm starting to get a little <laughs> nervous. But. Yeah. And uh, Josh also has got the hands-on experience of the dealership. I get a lot of calls. Uh, the show gets a lot of calls about specific uh, topical information about new models. And uh, uh, I have more of a strategic view of the car business. And, and Josh and Stu a more tactical hands-on day-to-day. So uh, he is uh, the perfect substitute for Stu. If you have any questions about uh, this sort of thing, you know, mechanical repair, uh, maintenance, uh, Rick Kearney, and if you're talking about uh, does the new Honda or the new Toyota or the new Chevrolet uh, have this, or what's the horsepower? Uh, we, of course, we have Google as a backup, but Josh would be the one that could probably get, get it if we can't. If we can't find it, we go to Google. Josh may well know the answer. Uh, being the spy master, see, he works in a team with Stu. I call Stu the spy master general of the Mr. Shopping Report. But Josh is, he writes them up. He chooses the targets with Stu. And uh, he, this week he chose the target mm -hmm. entirely and wrote the whole thing up entirely. So, uh, uh, Josh, you got any comments at all? I, I just... Uh, I don't think I'm overstating it to say that the Mystery Shopping Report is unique in the whole uh, communications world. Well, I'd just like to say it's an honor to join the venerated Erlon Cars team. Oh, thank you. I'm a little nervous, a little intimidated. <laughs> I have some pretty big shoes to fill, but I'm, I hope that I uh, do my brother justice. You and, will. Uh, and, I, and I am excited about this week's report. It's just amazing week after week that... Um, that the dealers aren't cleaning up their acts after being exposed week after week. So yeah. I think this week's uh, shop is no different. So I look forward to it. It's hard to measure our effect. I mean, we uh, sometimes I, we like to give ourselves credit. Uh, I don't know whether the dealers are cleaning up their act or they're just getting smarter in the way they cover up their act. Uh, I was thinking uh, we've called dealer fees, dealer fees so long that it became a generic term and people and car dealers actually advertise no dealer fees because they changed the name to electronic filing fee. And the new development that we started talking about, we, we said this is uh, the way to tell a uh, hidden profit or a hidden fee is, is sales tax charged on it. If Florida or whatever state you're in charges sales tax on a fee, which has the implication of being a governmental thing, then uh, it's not a fee, a governmental thing, it's not a real fee, it's profit, and because it's not taxed. So now dealers have caught onto that, and they are accumulating their multiple dealer fees under a heading, uh, taxable fees. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, very clever, right? I mean, you have your non-taxable fees, and you have your taxable fees, and it just slips right by the buyer. Sounds harmless. Hey, fees. Oh, good. I like these. Mm -hmm. They're non. They're 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 non-taxable, but these are these are taxable fees. I can understand that. So. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, that's that's where we are now. And eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty is our call-in number. And uh, 
I want to say we prioritize our calls because you have to hold on the phone. And I think we've only got three or four lines coming into the radio station, so we don't want to lose any callers. So yeah. uh, if a caller comes in, we will take that call immediately, 877-960-9960. Speaking yeah. of calls, we are going to go to Palm City, where John is waiting. Good morning, John. Good morning to everyone. I just want to explain to a lot of younger people that don't really know what the purpose of a consumer advocate Earl Stewart is the only one on the silent generation. That's 1928 to 45. And there's never been another consumer advocate in history. The one before Earl is Ralph Nader. And now Ralph Nader was an interesting man in the fact that he criticized the American auto industry as a purveyors of unsafe products. He used the Corvair, Chevrolet Corvair, as a poster child. But there was a problem in the early Corvettes from 60 to 63. So Ralph wrote a book, Unsafe at Any Speed. Mm-hmm. It was all the truth in it. That's what a consumer advocate does. They research, and then they reveal the fact. And they really revealed that this car, especially at the beginning, was unsafe. It had problems. It had unsafe front-end steering. And Ralph Nader was retaliated by General Motors to discredit him. They tried dirt on him. They tried everything they could because of the anger of this book. But it wasn't true. And they wound up with egg on their face. It all backfired on them. By the way, people know this book in 65, but also in 71, he wrote a book, What to Do with Your Bad Car. Sounds familiar. (laughs) Sounds like Earl Stewart writing the book, telling you all the different things that you should know about buying an automobile used or new. So I just want to bring up about him. He was the only one in history that was a consumer advocate, which is what Earl Stewart is, uh, very devoted, very much research, and all they'd want to do is reveal the truth and nothing but the truth. Thank you, John. That's a a real compliment. I don't know if I can uh, fill those shoes of Ralph Nader. He was a pioneer. It's a little easier today. Back in those days, it was tough. General Motors came after Ralph Nader hard and dirty, a real, real... Uh, they, they hired private detectives, they uh, tried to embarrass him, they tried to get dirt on him, and they really went after him real, real tough. It was, uh, uh, it, he, he paved the way for me and other consumer advocates. We can speak out, and uh, we feel a little bit easier, thanks to Ralph Nader. He's quite a guy. Well, thanks to you and Nancy, your assistant, that you continued the tradition and will continue with it, and that's why we listen to your show on Saturdays. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate it. Hey, John, thanks for the uh, mail that you sent me on the Barracuda and uh, the advertisement and all the information. So what do you think if I do, well, purchase a fixer-upper like you suggested? Do you think I could work on it? Definitely. You're handy. You're you're, you're educated. You've been hanging around the automobile industry now, so you know. You know the sources, and you know the people to fix it right. (laughs) Oh, I I was talking about me personally. (laughs) Well, you'll always get assisted. you got Rick's, you know, sitting right next to you there. Yeah, not to mention my prior credentials. I used to take care of my own car in Pittsburgh. But anyway, John, thanks for being an important part of the show, and uh, look forward to hearing from you next week. And thank know. you guys for being there. Uh, John. I don't know, John. Last <laughs> week she was changing the oil on Earl's Lexus, and she pulled the drain <laughs> plug out a little too quick. She's got splashed with oil, and there was oil everywhere. <laughs>
<laughs> Just get it, John. You know, I, I have a confession to make. Uh, you know, confessions of recovered car dealer. Uh, back in the 60s and 70s, Ralph Nader of the days of the uh, Corvair. Uh, I have to confess that the first car I bought for Josh's mother when we were first uh, married was a Corvair. I did not know that. Yes. Well, that's... Uh, I kind of kept it a secret. I'm only kidding, but I was just, <laughs> but it was a. I, it's hard to believe it. It had a uh, front-wheel drive. One of the few cars mm -hmm. that had front-wheel drive back in those mm -hmm. days, and they hadn't got the technology and design down pat. And it, if you took it out on the turnpike and went over 55 or 60, the front end just kind of floated like that. It was a very scary oh feeling. Boy. So. Now I know why you chose the Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Mom. <laughs> Wow, that was a long time okay, ago. How are we doing? We got any uh, YouTubes or we got any texts or anything coming in that we can... We've uh, got a few text messages that have come in. Okay. Josh, you want to get your feet wet? Let's, let's do it. Um, this is from Anne-Marie. She says, good morning, Rick. You've been a mechanic, auto technician for decades. She obviously, she's seen your face. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, boy. We have got a few comedians here this morning. You told me to get my feet wet and... <laughs> Anyways, I'll move on. What is the scariest, most dangerous, potential catastrophic thing that you've seen in your career, and how can we avoid that problem? Thank you. That's uh, a great question. Really Anne-Marie, by the way, is one of our most educated, articulate. Yeah. Uh, uh, she's just a great caller and uh, texter, and she really comes up with some of the coolest stuff. That's a great question. I, I've, I've seen some wild things with cars. I think one of the scariest things is customers that try to do their own modifications or like adding in radio or wiring or lights, things like that. They add their own wires underneath the cars and their own stereo work and they don't understand just how dangerous electrical can be in an automobile when mm -hmm. all those wires are potentially moving and vibrating. And such things like that can cause a, a fire, a major issue in a car. Mm -hmm. But the other one I think really truly is the loose nut behind the wheel. I hate to put it that way, but no. I think people are the worst component of an automobile. And a, a driverless car, to me, an autonomous vehicle that takes over the road, if we had all autonomous vehicles, I think we would see a huge reduction in automobile crashes, mm -hmm. injuries, deaths, it would just make such a difference in the world to get people out of the equation yeah. when operating automobiles. Yeah, that brings to mind the sudden acceleration issue that uh, Toyota was focused on a long time ago. And uh, I, uh, we had a lot of people coming in that uh, said the cars were suddenly accelerating. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, it was never proven. In fact, it was kind of proven that it, there was not a uh, issue in the electronics or anything like that. And a lot of that had to do with the, uh, with the accelerated pedal and the proximity to the brake and uh, people that were just, uh, you know, panicking and, and pressing the wrong thing. But uh, I think there were some design changes that were made as a result of that issue. Well, one of the biggest ones, one of the biggest changes that has come from that, and this is something that every single person, when you go out to your car today, would, before you start driving your car, take a look at the driver's side floor and fix one thing. Make sure that your floor mat is properly secured with the clips so that it cannot move and only have one floor mat. Don't stack multiple floor mats because those floor mats can shift and move. 
get up and interfere with the pedals, yeah. suddenly you cannot step on the brake maybe because the mat is jammed up under the brake pedal or the mat jams up on top of the accelerator yeah. and suddenly your car's out of control just because of a simple floor mat. Good point, yeah. And Rick, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, um, didn't Toyota um, start putting in a brake override system so if you hit the brake and the gas at the same time, oh, the gas kicks off and, yep. the, and the brake wins? Oh, great when point. You, if you're driving your car, if you're one of the people that use, like to use two feet, one mm -hmm. on the gas pedal, one on the brake. Don't do that. Yeah. If mm -hmm. your foot bumps down on the brake pedal a little too hard, just enough that it triggers that stoplight switch, your gas pedal suddenly goes to zero. It's, it just it shuts the acceleration down. Yeah. So you can be driving on the highway and all of a sudden your car just suddenly decelerates mm -hmm. because of that safety override. Well, that's a great example of a uh, erroneous complaint. There was no technical error causing sudden acceleration, but the manufacturers, Toyota was the big one, but there were other ones that were charged too, mm -hmm. uh, suddenly realized this is human behavior. You said the nut behind the wheel. So yep. the changes were made to make the nut behind the wheel safe by a, a design change, which is really cool. I mean, you got to accept the fact there's always going to be nuts behind the wheel. I'm one of them, by the way. And I just I ask Nancy. To that. We uh, all are. Yeah. We all are. And so if you can make uh, cars uh, <clears throat> accommodate uh, human behavior, uh, and make the car safer, that's the way to go. To protect us from yeah. ourselves. You know, so, uh, talking about uh, human behavior and the uh, floor mats, uh, am I wrong uh, that uh, Toyota has downsized uh, these mats that, that they're using in all of their vehicles, or are they still just you, as large? You are not. They are shrinking the size a little to help prevent that because situation. It, uh, I've heard uh, from uh, a lot of people about some disasters getting their foot caught up underneath a mm -hmm. place, you know, it, it, it can be, it can pose as a danger. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Well, that's good to hear that they have, I thought it was my imagination, they are downsizing. Okay, we got any okay, more text, text over there? Uh, I'm going to give out that phone number real quick. Yeah, the good idea. lines seem to be a little cold. 877-960-9960. Uh, and you can text us. Josh is right here to take your text at 772-497-6530. And ladies, please, I have $50 in my little hands for each, for the first two of you that will give us a call this morning. You can win yourself $50, 877-960-9960. Uh, now back to Josh. Are you? Uh, I don't have any fresh text. Okay. But uh, Rick? But Rick might. Well, we got, uh, let's see. Uh, good morning. Brian from California. I have a question for you this week. For the longest time, I've been interested in car sales. I've watched hundreds of car sales training videos over the years. I listen to the mystery shop every week. I feel like it's something I could do. I love cars and have 12 years of customer service dealing with people. Uh, kind of shorten this down a little bit. Um, I know car sales right now are pretty decent. Basically, this fellow is asking, do you think it would be a good time for a new person to get into the career of selling cars? Uh, yes, it would. I mean, uh, it's really uh, surprised us who are in the retail car business how uh, stable it has been. Actually, it's been uh, even better than we expected. And I theorize that it's because the vehicle has become a safe spot for people during the pandemic. Uh, people feel comfortable and safe in the vehicle. and. If they need a vehicle, they go out and buy another one. Um, so 
Yeah, it's a great opportunity. Uh, when we hire people in our dealership, uh, we don't look for people that are expert in the car business. We look for people that have the talents that uh, a good salesperson has. Likeability is very important. Uh, you have to be able to handle rejection because you talk to five people, you're only going to sell one or two cars. And uh, you have to be able to handle uh, uh, technical things to some extent because you have to explain the product. Uh, my, my main advice to this person is find a dealership that uh, does business honestly. And it's not as easy as it may, it may sound. Uh, if you can find a dealer that is a one price dealer, meaning they put their lowest price on every vehicle they sell, that eliminates a lot of the shenanigans and the deception uh, when you have a dealer that does not negotiate or, or, or raise or lower the price. You know, in the average car dealership, uh, when you walk in and you buy a particular vehicle, if three people bought that same vehicle on that day, there would be three different prices. The sales people are paid on commission, and the more they can raise the price of the vehicle to you, the more money they make. But in a, in a, low, a one price store, they have the lowest price is there. It's a good price. It's a fair price. If it's not a fair price, the dealer's going to go out of business. So he has to put his best price on that vehicle. And it's easier uh, in, in that sense because the deception is gone. You're not afraid of people that walk in the door uh, and say, can I look at that car? If you stay tuned for a mystery shopping report today, you'll find out exactly what I'm talking about. The cars advertised for a monthly payment that we knew was impossible, and sure enough, it was impossible. Mm -hmm. It was uh, basically the price was understated by $5,000 because those were the hidden fees and the qualifications uh, that uh, we had to get to. So you don't want to work for a dealer that tricks people to come in. So keep shopping around, uh, check some references, check some Google ratings, find a dealer that is, uh, has his lowest price on the car and is honest. And it's a great profession. You can make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. For sure. Word of mouth is great. And I would suggest uh, maybe even shopping those dealers himself. You know, send in an internet inquiry or pick up the phone because what we found at our store is like we're getting less foot traffic coming in the door. Right. But we have a high volume of phone calls and internet inquiries because people don't want to go physically from store to store to store just because of the whole COVID situation. So mm -hmm. a store that embraces that end of the business, yeah. that would be a good store to work for. Great, hey, here's great another idea. thought I just had is that you could mystery shop the dealer yourself, uh, and you could do it all by the telephone. If you call a dealership and find a car and pretend like you want to buy it and go through the process by email and by phone, and if you feel like you're getting uh, the runaround, that might not be the kind of dealership you want to work for. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great experience, and it's a great idea, uh, Josh. I'll tell you uh, my experience in using the Internet and looking for a car. Uh, I was dealing with uh, three different uh, car dealerships, but one in particular. Uh, I'll tell you the uh, response and the repercussions of that uh, car dealer. It just uh, set my hair on fire. I said, uh, I don't even want to go in there. You know, so uh, it, it's it's worth your while. Ladies and gentlemen, again, that phone number is 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. I can't mention enough. Ladies, first two new lady callers, you got yourself $50. And take advantage of uh, com. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, if we're, uh, we're, we're, we're kind of running short of text and, and YouTube. I know we got YouTube. We got a couple here. Okay, yeah. good. 
Uh, Rico West, and this is a comment that Earl, I, I think you'll find true to heart. Okay. I'm ready to buy a new car and would love to get the silky smooth Toyota V6. Mm -hmm. As a tall driver, however, over six feet, the lower sloping roof lines are making it impossible to fit such cars as the Camry and the Avalon. Mm -hmm. Is this an issue that, that you've encountered? Because I know you're you're six one, six two, six three, yeah, six three, and yeah. Actually, I don't encounter the problem because a lot of my height is not in my upper body there. But uh, yeah, I don't. I'm not uncomfortable in mm -hmm. any of those cars. Uh, Josh, you're you're in the trenches. What what's your opinion on that? Well, um, I personally, I'm six one. I fit fine in the Camry, especially in the Avalon. Uh, the V6 is also available in in a Highlander or a Full Runner, so mm -hmm. maybe a SUV would work better for uh, for this or person. We have the new Venza coming back now, so very yeah. excited Can about you that. that? Yeah. However, that's going to be a four cylinder hybrid, so we're ah. not going to have the silky smooth V6. It'll be a silky smooth oh. hybrid synergy drive. Yep, yep, yep. Great information. Well, I know from a, from a personal point of view, I'm I'm five eleven. But I'm rather a big guy, and on the average workday, I'm getting in and out of 8 to 10 or 12, maybe 15 cars, mm -hmm. and a lot of them very small cars. So I'm sometimes having to shove my bulk into a Yaris. And, uh, well, let's just say I don't exactly always get into them as so much as I put them on. Or it's easy but, to get in, yeah. but not so much to get out. Yeah, I can I can get in. I just can't get out. It's like a lobster yeah. trap. Yeah. yeah. You know, wouldn't it be great whenever you're um, purchasing a car uh, that uh, you could? Re a, a lot of people don't take this into consideration. You know how tall you are. Do you have back problems? How mm -hmm. comfortable the seat is? How many times you're going to be getting in and out of that vehicle? And uh, you know, uh, if I get into Earl's car. Uh, I'm lost. I can't even see over the dash. It's mm -hmm. like a tank. But for the Avalon, I'm pretty comfortable yeah. uh, for right. the seat and for everything else. If you okay, have, I think we have a YouTube over here. Do we? we have a couple, actually. But uh, this one's a follow-up, kind of, actually, from uh, one of Stu's contacts. Greetings from San Diego. Ah. This oh, is yeah. Dave from San Diego, which, a uh, quick update, he's been looking for a Volvo XC60 and he's really been doing a nationwide search, and he huh. ran into an issue with one in New Jersey that turned into a bad situation. Mm -hmm. So here he says, I wanted to give you an update on my car search. After searching all over the country for a particular XC60 that I was looking for, I ran into many unscrupulous dealers. Finally, after much searching, I spotted the car I wanted at Kempthorne Motors in Canton, Ohio. After so much bad service, I was shocked to deal with an honest salesman <laughs> and a straightforward car dealership. Examples include no additional BS dealer fees beyond the state-allowed $380 dock fee. The sales rep, Roger, documented the very small number of chips on the body and took numerous pictures to send me. The dealer also allowed me to get a full pre-purchase inspection at an ASE mechanic of my choosing. When the inspection came back with two tires that had 530 seconds of wear, the dealer replaced the two rear tires with OEM tires at no charge. Further, the dealer arranged for shipping the car to San Diego, which I paid for, and gave me a tutorial of the car over the phone. The car arrived as promised in perfect condition. To top it off, the salesman sent me a handwritten thank you note for purchasing the car. 
This kind of shockingly good service is so hard to come by that I wanted to give a shout out to Roger and the team at Kempthorne Motors in Canton, Ohio. This proves to me that it's possible to buy a used car from across the country mm. if you find the right dealer and do your due diligence. Thanks for your help along the way. Love the show, Dave in San Diego. Give me, give me the spelling of that name. It is Kempthorne as K-E-M-P-T-H-O-R-N Motors. Kemp Thorn. Wow. Isn't it amazing we get excited about it? it just, and unfortunately, it's in Canton, Ohio. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're looking for an honest car dealer, uh, I just, and the interesting thing is shipping. You know what I'm hoping with this whole pandemic coronavirus thing that, that uh, the, we have a, uh, uh, watershed moment in the retail business. Online sales is really getting strong. Maybe we will be buying more cars online. And maybe, uh, in this case here, from Canton, Ohio to San Diego, California, and apparently the shipping uh, was uh, affordable mm -hmm. based on the pricing. And people will go a long way and pay for honesty. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, we ought to start a list. This sounds to me like a uh, a whole new angle of the show, finding uh, an extremely honest car dealer. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's, the first one on the list, we'll start it, and we'll add to the list, will be uh, Kemp Thorne. Um, Motors. Kemp Thorne Motors. Motors. in Canton, Ohio. Kemp yep. Thorne. Yeah. Wow. Uh, to, to this uh, topic, uh, as a woman, I feel much safer online. I feel more in control online so uh you know that's that, that's a a great a great uh, youtube that you shared with us absolutely yeah. i think if it's you nice uh, to be not, uh, not to honest. beat this to death but i think that if a person uh were, uh, were like dave in san diego really had the uh, uh stay stick to itiveness to continue no matter what car you're looking for a used car used volvo or a new vehicle if you go far enough uh and you shop uh, far enough away and, and expand your radius, uh, you will find a savings that will be so substantial that would actually justify the shipping. And uh, if you can find somebody that will give you an out-the-door price, that's the price you write the check out for, and pick the car up and take it home or have it shipped to you. Uh, if you can find that, uh, how much time would it really take? I mean, it took Dave a while. We've been talking to him for, you know, I think it's been over several weeks. A couple yeah. of weeks. But if you're if you're actually at your keyboard uh and you go around uh, it, it might take you two or three hours mm -hmm. and you start close and you expand but in this case here i don't know how far it is we could google it san diego to canton how far is it somebody somebody do that ask siri how far is san diego from canton i'm gonna guess 1800 miles yeah so shipping for 1800 miles <laughs> that's a good number uh would probably be a thousand dollars uh, yeah, if to go from here to California, it's in the neighborhood of 1500 so from Canton, probably around 1000 yeah. So they found... All right, so who's, who's got what on the numbers now? I'm 1800 1800 What do you say, Earl? 1500 I'm going to say 1700 Oh, wait. Is this the Price is Right rules? Can Jonathan <laughs> now say one mile? And... Uh-oh. Oh, he, he's already on the Google, so. 1,355 miles. Okay, well, I've got... 1889 from Canton to San Diego as the crow you know, as across the, crow the highway. Flies. Flies. Okay. <laughs> by, by highway, it's showing the highways there. 
So getting back to my point is the fact. Well, hang on a second. I was within 83 miles. I think that deserves a little. Uh, yeah. 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 Let's, let's give Josh. So we're trying to encourage people to use online. And yes. uh, you shave your, your gasoline, your shoe leather. Mm -hmm. uh, you are really saving a lot of energy and aggravation. And uh, if you use a, a phony email address, you get a free email address, Yahoo or, or, or Outlook or Gmail. Know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Gmail, and use a use a uh, fictitious email address that you get the emails from, and don't give them your phone number. Make up a phone number. Uh, you can use your real name if you want to, and uh, they're not going to hound you. And you can do that. You can hit 25 or 30 dealerships and get 25 or 30 conversations and proposals and quotes. Choose the best one, mm -hmm. and uh, you'll probably find it'll pay the shipping charges. Yeah, definitely well, worth the time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, knowledge <coughs> is power. Our lines are open. We're waiting for your call. Yeah, come on, call us. We need some more yeah. calls. And 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. I have some anonymous feedback, so for waiting. Cool, oh, let's do that. All right. Um, this one came in. It's a question about some diesel trucks, so this might be in Rick's wheelhouse. Um, if you think of five-year-old diesel trucks are outrageously priced, look at a 15-year-old Dodge pickup with a Cummins diesel. Even a Roach sells for $10,000, and one in nice condition sells for twenty. There's only one reason for this. Trucks pre-2008 don't have DEF filters, and everyone wants them because of that. DEF filters help the environment by reducing emissions, emissions but man, do they tank the reliability of diesel engines. Do you know mm. anything about that, Rick? I would have to look that up because, unfortunately, it's been 20 years since I worked wow. on a diesel. And right now, Toyota doesn't have any diesels here in the U.S. They're, they make diesels outside of the U.S., but we don't have them. Yeah. Um, I do know the basics of diesel operation and a few things about them. But, yeah, those, it's those older trucks, those are the ones that they'll do that uh, rolling coal. Mm -hmm. They can tune them up to the point of which they're blowing clouds of black smoke. But, you know, it also, that is very hard on an engine when you've got you, Why don't you Google rich. that, and uh, we'll, we'll answer it sometimes. He, Rick answers 999 out of 1,000. Stumped him because Toyota doesn't build a diesel in the Man, USA. I'm so, already on it. So let's, yep. uh, let's go to another anonymous feedback, no and we'll come back and see if we can... Help that man. I thought. Well, I thought Rick just made everything up, but now I get to yeah. see see the uh, the research okay. in action here. Yeah, Let's this get. this is one I actually ran into recently. It's the DEF is the, the diesel exhaust fluid. Okay. Wow. And without trying to get too technical, when you're trying to reduce emissions in a vehicle, you get a, there's a happy point where you get the hydrocarbons and the carbon monoxide way down and the oxides of nitrogen then start to go up. So this diesel, diesel fluid is actually in bigger trucks. It's meant to be injected into the exhaust right before the final burn portion so that it can help reduce those oxides of nitrogen coming out of the truck. And that being a bigger expense, that's why a lot of people look for the older diesel trucks. Understood. Do All people right. disable that on their trucks or can it be disabled? It can be disabled, but it's going to affect the way the engine runs in such a bad way oh. that it wouldn't, it wouldn't be worth doing it. Okay, I got you. Understood. Uh -huh. All right. <clears throat> Next we have, I get the, um, uh, the anonymous feedback reads, I get the point of comparing out-the-door prices among competitors, but if they're all charging you bogus fees like dealer fees, electronic filing fees, window etching fees, etc., it makes no difference who gives you the lowest price. 
The goal is not paying any of those made-up charges. Yeah, I, uh, I read that anonymous feedback, and uh, I see exactly the thought process. Uh, the problem is that because every dealer has different hidden fees, and they have different names and different amounts, I noticed in, when the day from San Diego bought his Volvo uh, in uh, Ohio, they have a state-mandated limit on dealer fees of $380. Now, if everybody was consistent in Ohio and that was the only hidden fee, then it's easy. It's just a matter of uh, they're allowed to charge it, and they're going to charge it, and everybody charges it. So it's just like the price of the car went up by $380. Mm -hmm. You just have to shop and compare different dealers that will have the lowest out-the-door price. So that's the reason we go to the out-the-door price. We go to the out-the-door price because you're playing the dealer's game when you get into the, I won't pay this fee. And you also get into a situation where you don't recognize it because they are so clever. Uh, electronic filing fee, uh, e-filing fee, doc fee, admin fee. And you have to be uh, an expert on hidden fees to know what's legit and what's not. They even call fees they don't want to call a name. They say taxable fees. Well, if it's taxable, it's not really a government fee. So uh, I like to take away their game and just say, charge all the fees you want to. Yeah. Just give me your out-the-door bottom-line price. I can write a check for that amount, give you the check, and take my car home. If they do that, then you just take their big, fat fees compared to somebody else that doesn't have big fat fees, and maybe that's a better deal. Mm -hmm. So just out the door price, you, you also cannot negotiate to remove the fees usually. Sometimes they will, but you have to understand this. The sales commission usually does not account for the dealer fee, meaning uh, the, the salesperson typically gets 25% of the price of the, of the profit on the car. But he doesn't get paid on the dealer fees. So if you're talking to the salesman about taking uh, this hidden fee off by any name, he's, he's going to say, we can't do it. We charge all customers that. And he'll probably tell you, we have to charge all customers that. Mm -hmm. Well, he has to charge them that because if he takes it off, he's lowering the commissionable gross. So if there's $1,000 in dealer fees and he lowers the price for you by $1,000 or takes that dealer fee off, it cost him $250 in commission at 25%. In, so you don't want to play the dealer's game and argue about fees. Get all the fees you want, put it in the lump sum, and yeah. shop and compare. That's the key. Exactly. I like the phrase, uh, like, what should I write the check for and drive away? Yeah. I'm going to my bank. I'm getting a cashier's check. What is that to the penny? What's that amount going to be? Boy, what a good feeling that would be. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and there was a time whenever uh, it was just a dealer fee, and people knew what it was. But the terminology has become a whole lot more elaborate, mm -hmm. and it's really hard to decipher. And as Josh said, that's a win-win situation. You know, what, if, what is the out-the-door, write the check, boom, you're gone. Here's a little trick you can try when you're uh, buying a car, if there are hidden fees involved, and you're saying, I want an out-the-door price. We've actually done that at our dealership in the past, and you can do it yourself. Uh, you ask for the out-the-door price, you say, this is the price I can write the check for, and they give you the price. I said, okay, uh, I'm taking that, as, as Josh just alluded, to my credit union. I'm taking it to my bank and they're going to give me a cashier's check, and I'm going to bring it to you. At our dealership uh, in the past, I don't know if we've done it 
recently, but Stu said he wanted to start trying it. Uh, when a customer comes in and they're convinced that they have an out-the-door price from another dealer, we say, well, we can verify that for you. Mm -hmm. you, uh, you call the salesman up at the dealership and pretend to be uh, Mr. Smith at uh, Wells Fargo Bank and say, you know, say that my customer uh, uh, wants to buy a car, we're going to issue a check, I'd like to check for the amount that I can give my customer to bring to you to buy the car. And uh, I understand the, pr the price is this. And they start hemming and hawing, the salesman is, hemming and hawing to Mr. Smith, the loan officer at Wells Fargo. Then you know that they're not getting, giving you a legitimate price. So that's the way you don't play the dealer's game. You get to the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or you could go to Earl on Cars and you can pull up my affidavit, the out-the-door price and you can take you've got all the control you know if, if you're really not well you don't want to duke it out with anybody but sometimes that's a little bit of fun but anyway back to serious <laughs> seriously the out the door price and you can download that fax it over to the uh, car dealer that you're dealing with uh they put the price in uh, fax it to a manager whatever and you're guaranteed so take advantage of that, ladies and gentlemen. And we are going to go to Warren. He's a regular caller from Pompano Beach. Good morning, Warren. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Great. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to tell you that uh, from this radio show, I helped my cousin out, and I'll tell you exactly what happened. It happened yesterday. He's got an Avalon. It's about five years old. And we were just talking in general, and I'm here in northern New Jersey, and I'm expecting a big heat wave here tomorrow with temperatures close to 100 degrees. And in just in passing, he says, you know, I have a recall on my Avalon. I said, really? And I said, what is it? He says, some airbag thing. I said, airbag thing? Let me see it. It was a Takata airbag. So I said to him, Lou, you better go and get that fixed. So he's a busy guy. So I said, look, let me take it in for you. And I just yesterday took it into the Toyota dealer where he bought it. And I had to say that they all were wearing masks. Uh, they all did the social distancing. Everyone in the place had a mask on. And, you know, there was, you know, I just had to say they had to run very efficiently. They came out. They grabbed the car. They said two hours. They had it done in 90 minutes. But the fact that listening to your show, he was riding around with this recall on the Takata airbag for God knows how long. And he just never took care of it. So, you know, I want to thank you guys for, you know, telling him, telling me to tell him to get the Takata airbag fixed. Uh, especially now we're going to have this heat wave here in uh, northern New Jersey. The temperature is supposed to be 95 and above hmm. uh, over the next week. And I was telling him what could happen and everything. And of course, a lot of people poo-poo it, but, you know, I got it done for him anyway. So I just wanted to thank you guys for making everybody aware of it. Yeah. Uh, Warren, thanks so much, and thanks for spreading the word on our show. And, boy, I'll tell you what, that heat wave you talk about, boy, the uh, those airbags, uh, the Takata airbag, you know, what a perfect storm with the heat. And, uh, you know, as if we needed something else to add to the danger. But thank you for the call. Do you have any other questions? Oh. No, I, I think that's pretty much it. But I think you guys do a great service because I, you know, I would never know about it. You don't read, you read virtually nothing about it today. And the fact that you guys have these, uh, you know, keep bringing it up. And the last person in the world that I would think would have been his car that had, and he's, you know, he's been riding around with this for God knows how long with the recall. Yeah. Like yeah. Said, he's, a, he's, a, he's a busy lawyer, doesn't have time, and I'm tired, and I'm up here staying at his house. 
So, I, you know, we got the thing. I said, well, just make the appointment and I'll bring it in for you. But like I said, the dealership, they had everybody was wearing a mask. They had all social distancing. Um, and uh, so there was no problem with the mask or anything like that. So I think the fact that you do such a great job uh, in telling people about these recalls and stuff is, uh, is really an important function because, you know, like I said, you don't see anything about it anymore. Yes, uh, things have really quieted down as far as that's concerned. And as you know, you know, Earl's been on quite a journey uh, with uh, this uh, terrible, terrible situation. You could drive off a lot and, you know, get into an accident and die on the road. And there's just a, a lot of really important people who really haven't taken this into consideration. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you, Warren. And uh, your friend, I think he really appreciates you. No, I just especially I said, boy, you better get this fixed because, you know, talking about this heat for the next week to 10 days. Mm. I'm talking about brutal heat up here. And I said, you know, these things could explode like a hand grenade. Because when people don't follow it, it's like anything else, they're not paying attention to it. You know, it's like a light bulb or it's, you know, so when I get around to fixing it, I'll fix it. It's not a big deal when I change the oil next time. So he forgot, you know, he just didn't do it. Now it's done, so I'm glad that you guys told him about it. Thank you very much. Thank you, Warren. Give us a call again, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget, your anonymous feedback, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Okay, who are we going to here? I have another feedback, or yeah, I just uh, this uh, Warren's call prompted me to uh, remind people we throw a lot of numbers at you, and web addresses and things like that. Uh, probably the most important one we can throw you, if you're buying a vehicle, is uh, safercar.gov. Uh, you should write it down and uh, put it somewhere where you can't miss it when you when you're car shopping. You know the the problem is that uh, there's no conversation about it anymore, especially during the pandemic. And it isn't just the Takata airbag. I mean, there's a lot of dangerous recalls. One out of every four vehicles on the road has a dangerous recall. One out of four. And 25% of the total number of vehicles on the road, that's a lot of vehicles. When you buy a used car, you've got, it's like Russian roulette. Uh, The chances are that car has got a dangerous recall and wasn't fixed. So safercar.gov, www.safercar.gov. You uh, go there to the National Highway Traffic Safety Association site. You put the VIN in, and it tells you exactly what are the recalls, if they're dangerous, if the recall fix is available. But one thing you don't ever want to do is buy a car without the fix available. I mean, you can buy a car with a dangerous recall if you know it's a dangerous recall because you can tell the dealer, fix it before I buy it. Or if you want to take some risk, you, t- you buy it and you go straight to the Honda dealer or the Chevrolet dealer, who's ever manufacturer, and make them fix it right away. But you can buy a car today legally and have the fix unavailable, and you can have that car for a couple of years before they make the fix available. It's a terrible situation. Safercar.gov. Write it down and check out the vehicle before you buy it. Okay, Josh, you got another uh, yeah, this one appears to be from a employee of a Chrysler Jeep dealership. Um, simply says, a Chrysler manufacturer extended warranty allows you to keep your car covered. This warranty is a genuine Mopar protection plan that can be purchased at any time during the life of your vehicle. 
The Chrysler, Jeep, Fiat, and Dodge warranty plans offered here are sold without sales pressure. Yeah, we had a discussion last week, and I wasn't aware uh, uh, that there are manufacturers out there selling extended warranties. Toyota doesn't. Nope. And uh, <clears throat> so I learned something, and I think we talked about Ford uh, last week, and now we find out Chrysler also has such a thing. So my answer on that is if it's a manufacturer selling you the, the, the warranty, it's a lot more legitimate and it's a lot less likely to be overpriced with less coverage than it should have than anything else. Uh, I don't always believe that to buy extended warranty is a good practice uh, <coughs> from a, a economic standpoint. It's, it might be a good practice from a peace of mind standpoint, but if you buy a good reliable vehicle, it's just common sense. You're probably going to end up paying more in warranty costs than you do in repair costs. If you buy a, a, a unreliable vehicle, something that Consumer Reports has a high maintenance and repair cost, then you might might be a good idea to buy one. But if you buy one, be sure you know what's covered and what's not covered. And look at the price. These these prices that I see from the ones that are advertised on television, you know, two, three thousand uh, dollars and more for these extended warranties. All they do is cover the powertrain. But if it's a manufacturer's, it's legitimate. Mm -hmm. All right, we have uh, another one. <laughs> this might uh, this might take a while. Uh, I'll have to absorb that and read a, a, a shorter one. This one's for Rick. Rick, what is the deal with nitrogen-filled tires? Is this legit or just another dealer trick? Apparently, uh, not a long-time listener of the show because I, th for many years, we this yeah. was a hot topic. But you know, Rick and and uh, and my dad could easily answer this question for you. Yeah, what are they on the what tires? N nitro, nitro-filled oh. tires. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, do we have a lot to say about nitrogen? Yeah, yeah uh, Rick, <laughs> take it away. I'm tired of answering that. You go ahead and answer. <laughs> I use nitrogen, but I go to the Daytona 500. And it Short. really, really helps my car. Get that extra tenth of a second, don't you? <laughs> Boom. Short answer, blue smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nitrogen does nothing special for the tires. The air we breathe is 78% nitrogen. And folks, all that's happening is that, per that dealership is trying to make you a captive audience because they'll say, we'll fill your cars back up with nitrogen free anytime you come in. So every time you come in there to get your tires checked, they can look for something else to upsell you. And you get those and cool green valve step catches. <laughs> yeah. nice. If you have to have nitrogen, then buy your tires at Costco because they give you the nitrogen free, but they have an ulterior motive too because they promise to top off and freshen up your nitrogen, your worthless nitrogen. But I say it's okay to buy worthless nitrogen under the price of zero. So you pay zero, the nitrogen is worth zero, and uh, if you go to Costco, they'll give you more worthless nitrogen every time they service your car. And just as a reminder for newer listeners, years ago we did a, uh, our own study, filled half of our rental car fleet with regular air, half with nitrogen, um, drove them for a couple months, yeah. measured the tire wear, the gas mileage, and there was no measurable difference between yeah, Our rental two. fleet, we have, uh, we have a rental company, put half nitrogen on the tires, the other half without, drove them for several thousand miles, no difference. Consumer Reports, by the way, did a, re a test later on and verified that we were accurate. We thought it was legitimate. It sounded so good. Mm -hmm. We thought it might be legitimate, so that's the reason we tested it. Yeah. And Consumer Reports tested it over a full year on every tire manufacturer in the United States 
or sold in the United States, and they came up to the conclusion nitrogen is worthless yeah. in a tire. And it is not unheard of, ladies and gentlemen, that you can go into a dealership and they'll charge you for nitrogen, and they'll charge you an obscene amount of money. We've heard it. We've had our you know listeners call us, and uh, it is uh, well. What a terrible thing to take advantage of the consumer one other way. Mm-hmm. Okay, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Before we get to your YouTube, Rick, we're going to go to Gail, who's giving us, us a call from, uh, well, the print is a little small there, but it is Gail. And uh, welcome to the show, Gail. Hi, Gail. Good morning. My question is, what Toyota model has the easiest infotainment to operate? I've had trouble in the past with some cars that I've purchased. I'm wondering what Toyota model would be easiest on the infotainment to operate. Please. I can uh, offer my my two cents here. This is Josh. Okay. Um, The newer models, first let me ask you a question. Do you own an iPhone or or an Android, um, Android phone? iPhone. Oh, perfect. In my opinion, my humble opinion, mm-hmm. um, most um, 2020 models of Toyota and above have um, Apple CarPlay as a standard feature. And basically okay. what this does is you plug your phone in and it mirrors your iPhone on your screen in your car and it is as intuitive and easy to use as your iPhone. Um, in my experience, I mean, they've gotten better over the years, but the factory infotainment systems are just a nightmare. And I think everyone here at this table will agree they're they're clunky, they're not intuitive. But um, the yep. Apple CarPlay feature, which I said is standard on most Toyotas now, you plug it in okay. and it looks just like the home screen on your iPhone. You make your calls just like you make your calls on your phone. You use the map, you speak to it, and it's as simple as um, as using your phone. Okay, and all the Toyota models would have that. Feature. Yes, the majority of our 2020 models and above. So if you're buying a used Toyota, um, you better make sure. But you can be pretty confident that every new Toyota that's a 2020 now is going to have it. Right. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah, oh, it, thank it, you so much. No, you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's an excellent question. I just want to thank Apple for jumping in and helping Toyota out after all these long years. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Hey, um, Gail, are you a first-time caller? I am a first-time caller. Oh, congratulations. You just won yourself $50. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much, and thank you for the information. It was really important That's for me to note that before I purchase. I appreciate that. Oh, you're quite welcome. And uh, you can stay on the line, and you can give Mike in our control room your information so that I can send you that check. Thank you so much, and thank you for your information. It was very helpful. Have a wonderful weekend. Give us a call again. And don't forget, Gail, spread the word with the ladies. I want to hear from more ladies. Thank you so much. Okay, I believe a YouTube from Rick. Yeah. Uh, Mark Ryan has a comment. He says, Rick, being from Iowa, our state produces a lot of ethanol. Are you seeing any long-term engine or fuel system problems from the use of ethanol in the gas, the E10 version. Well, E10 has been around for many, many years. I mean, we're talking 20 years or more now. 
and E10 is actually pretty safe. We haven't seen any real big issues at all. However, in the past four or five years, six years, cars are now going to E15, and the cars are designed to handle it, but remember, if you have an older vehicle that's only up to E10 standards, do not use E15 fuel. The other thing to watch out for is that E85. If your car is not flex fuel and cannot handle E85 fuel, definitely do not use that fuel. It can cause major problems and a huge expense. Other than that, the cars that are properly designed for it, we haven't seen any real major issues with them. Uh, it, pretty, it, it works pretty well. I mean, they're, they're trying to use the ethanol as basically an oxidizer in the fuel to help it burn cleaner and more completely to help reduce emissions. I have, I have a question about that. <laughs> when they say E10, that means up to 10, doesn't mean 10% ethanol. Right, it's and, up to 10%. Uh, what is, what are the, maybe you don't know, what is the actual amount of ethanol in E10? It depends on the, the gas supplier, the, the actual manufacturer of the fuel. Uh -huh. It can be anywhere from 0%, which is unlikely, most of them are going to be around 8 to 9.5%. Some of them are actually pushing it right up to that full 10%, but they usually try to leave a, a little bit lower, so there's kind of a, a safety gap in there. You know what I used to think, the reason they use ethanol, I thought it was to lower the cost of the uh, overall gasoline. It does, but it also is for an emission situation. It, it yeah. does help reduce emissions. So a gallon of ethanol is actually less expensive than a gallon of pure gasoline? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Does it have any effect on the fuel mileage? It actually lowers it just a tiny bit, but we're talking maybe four or five tenths of a gallon per or miles per gallon. You know, in, in other words, instead of getting 45 miles a gallon, you might get 44.3, mm. Okay. All right. Well, I have a couple of texts here or a anonymous uh, feedback if you'd like. Excuse yeah. me, Josh. Sure. Um, the uh, lines have just lit up, Ooh. and we have a phone call from Amy in Luxahatchee. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. How are you guys? Great. Are you a first-time caller? I am. My dad listens to you all the time. Oh, thank you. Congratulations. You just won yourself $50. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, whenever we're finished with our conversation, if you'll stay on the line, you can give Mike in our control room your information, and I'll get that check out to you. Great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. What can we do for you today? What is the question? Uh, what is the difference between SUVs and the crossovers? Hmm. Josh. Uh, well, in my uneducated opinion <laughs> i would say a, a crossover is more car like an suv i mean stands for um sport utility vehicle so i think traditionally an suv will be more of your you know your jeep cherokee your forerunner sort of thing the the vehicles that are sort of a hybrid between a passenger car and an suv fall into the sea and that's the category. reason they call it a crossover because it's a crossover from an suv to a sedan there you go some so, of the, it's supposed to incorporate the better features of the sedan and the better features of the suv mm -hmm. yeah so you have the comfort and the step in ease of a passenger car but some of the utility and cargo uh, capacity that you find in your suvs hmm. okay Thank you very much. Sounded good to me, right? Yeah. 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 I think she bought I it. I think she bought it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I absolutely love it. 
Oh, that's awesome to hear. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't a complicated response. It was just, you know, no, it, it, that Josh okay. made it sound, you know, because you really have to scratch your head and think, you know, about the whole concept. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, like all of a sudden, the crossover kind of came, uh, you know, in the last few years, and I'm like, okay, what exactly is the difference when you're looking at cars? Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially if you have children too. So, so. yeah, no, they're they're uh, they're becoming uh, more popular than passenger cars. I mean, you know, for the, the longest time, we always sold more cars than than SUVs or crossovers. Now it's it's practically fifty fifty, and I think some some months here and there, you sell a few more um, trucks and crossovers than you do cars. So you're. Uh, you're in good company there. Hmm. Yeah, times are yeah, changing. Yeah, popularity there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Well, mm. thank you guys very much. You You're guys welcome. Have a blessed day. Don't forget to leave your information. Thank you. I Amy. will. Thank you. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can give us a call. We've got plenty of time. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And Josh was about to give us a, a text, text here. Yeah, I have a, uh, um, a nice person named Jessica uh, from Sebring. She says she loves the show, and she has a question for Nancy. She's putting you on the spot, it seems. Nancy, when were the first airbags mandatory in the United States? Holy horse Yeah, she really put you through that, <laughs> put you in the crosshairs there. So I'm going to turn it over to you and watch you sweat for a few seconds here. Well, uh, it's time for my break. Okay, so we'll get back to you. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you from the show. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to guess. Um, you, you know, I remember, I'm going to go back in history a little bit here, um, and I'm showing my age, uh, but boy, back in the 40s and the 50s, man, I remember flopping around in a car all over the place, you know, uh, but then there was uh, some some kind of a, a cushion uh, that, that was assembled, um, and the reason I remember this is because it's, it was a guy from Pittsburgh, uh, I should say Pennsylvania, uh, so, uh, you know, I gave you my little journey through life. But to answer your question, I'm just going to have to guess. <laughs> I'm just going to have to guess. <laughs> I'm going to think, I think that it was might have been 1999. Oh, Very Rick. close. <laughs> Rick says 1998. Yes. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> I was close. I think Rick must have Googled it like I did. My answer, I actually... It, I have a very specific answer according to Google. It's September 1st, 1998. Oh, oh specifics here, mm-hmm. Jessica. And uh, also, you know, I remember uh, back then, um, you know, Ralph Nader uh, and, and a book that he wrote, Unsafe at Any Speed. So there you have it. Hence the, well, airbag. Uh, okay, Jessica, thanks for listening to the show. Weekend and week out, you've become a regular listener, and we do appreciate you. Have a wonderful weekend. I can, uh, I can say that I, um, being the son of a car dealer, I was lucky enough to get a pretty new car when I first turned 16, so I can testify that a 1992 Mazda also had an airbag because I, I tested it out personally. Yes. Oh. Well, they, they actually started making airbags, the first airbags, Back as far back as the 50s, they were playing with them. No kidding. Yep. And, and, and Rick, that was an um, engineer that I just spoke about uh, who was from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, playing around. He's a, he was an engineer. Uh, and uh, the story just sticks out because, of course, I'm from Pittsburgh. Uh, but he assembled this cushion, and it was back in, in the 50s. Yep. Like I said, hence the you know, airbags uh, took 
but it wasn't and they started installing them in cars in the 80s but it wasn't until 98 that the government said they're mandatory you have to have airbags yeah september wow. the first how about <laughs> how about seatbelts? do you know when those were made mandatory uh, I don't. I'd have to Google that, but I know seatbelts were actually becoming available back in the 50s in a lot of cars for... Uh, if I recall, I had a friend in high school who was restoring an old Mustang. I think it was like a 66, and it did not have seatbelts, if I recall. But right. I could be wrong about they, that. They were making them available, mm-hmm. but they weren't mandatory. Yes. All right. The things we take for granted nowadays. Huh? Honestly. 1959 was when they were first introduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Swedish inventor put them in the Volvo. Interesting. That, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we are going to go to Donna, and uh, she is calling us from Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Donna. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, when I had to trade in my Pontiac Grand Prix, I came to you at Earl Stewart. So we have two Camrys right now. My latest one I purchased last July uh, 31st. So it's going to be a year old on the 31st, and your program is to bring it in every six months, which I did at six months. Now we're coming up to the full year. I only have 3,070 miles on this because of the corona pandemic. And do I still need to bring it in, um, or could I put it off a month, or do I ruin my tires for life? No, you, uh, you? We're, we're being very flexible, and I hope... Other dealers are too. Uh, we understand certainly why people don't like to bring cars or venture out, really, period, into retail establishments. And I think you're, I think you're doing the right thing. It's, it, if you had a serious safety problem with your car, I'd give you a different answer. But for routine maintenance, uh, you're not going to hurt your warranty with us, and you're not going to hurt the free tire program with us. We understand, and I, we're we're telling everybody for routine maintenance and things that are not safety issues you really ought to wait and, uh, and until you feel comfortable uh, some of the car dealerships are taking extraordinarily uh, good precautions some aren't uh, we do but uh, I certainly understand your feeling wait till you feel comfortable and your warranty is fine and your free tire program is fine so my follow-up to that is though is, does this car my Camry one of those that has the recall for the fuel pump issue uh, we'd have to run the VIN number on that, to, uh, and we will do that. Uh, if you uh, okay. if you want to text me your VIN number, uh, I can uh, get it back to you after the show, or you can go to safercar.gov and put the VIN number in yourself, or call the dealership and uh, give them the VIN number. But you can find out immediately. Uh, I don't know what percentage have fuel pump recalls. I'm not sure the exact okay. number, but we can quickly check that for you. Yeah, check it for you any way you like. Just uh, get that VIN number and communicate it to me or to the dealership. And uh, Nancy wants me to ask you if you are a first-time caller. I am, yes. I've, I've listened to you most times in the car and never stopped the car to call. Well, you but know, I'm home right now. <laughs> the, re- the reason she asks is because she has a gift, a surprise for you. Nancy, tell yes. her about her surprise. Donna, I have a surprise for you. $50. Oh, that's going to be great. Yeah. Thank you so much. That, uh, that You're quite welcome. That, uh, that definitely. And before I hang up, I would just like to say that I uh, have worked with John Gormley at your dealership, oh. who has been absolutely wonderful. And uh-huh. for our service, Wilmer has been great. And I just, and your 
your service area is just so comfortable. The first time we came in there, I came in with my husband. He's since passed, and then I had to buy this last car on my own. So uh, John made it really easy to do. Well, well thank and you, Rob. He's been with us a long time. I call him the Perry Como of car salespeople because he's so he relaxed is. and pleasant. <laughs> he is. Donna, what, what year is your Camry? What year? Yes. Last year. Oh, so it's 20, a, a 19? 2019, yeah. Okay, well, there were 19,000 Camrys involved in that recall, so there's a good chance yours is not one of them, but we'd still want to check your VIN just to be sure. Um, so how would I text you? That would be easiest, probably. Yeah, you can just text us at 772-497-6530. I'll give that to you again slowly. Area code 772-497-6530. Great. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for the call very much and for the compliments on John Gormley. I'll pass that along. Yeah, and, 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 and Wilner in service also. Wilner was wonderful too. Will do. Thank you so much for the compliments, Donna, but uh, for a moment I want to thank you. You know, um, I have to say on behalf of the ladies, this this platform uh, that I'm building, it's not just me, it's all of you uh, that participate um, on Saturday morning and you give us a call and um, I want to thank you for being part of helping me to build the platform for lady callers. We definitely have a whole lot more than we once did. You have yourself a wonderful weekend, and you can give Mike well, too. that information. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to Josh. Yeah, we got a couple of texts here. Um, first one's for Rick. Rick, uh, how reliable would a Toyota T100? Now, we're not talking about the Terminator sent from the future here. <laughs> we're speaking of a earlier model pickup truck, Toyota Mate. But <laughs> how reliable would a T100 V6 with 110,000 miles be? The truck be, has been well maintained. Wow, low mileage too. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I know the answer, but this is definitely your wheelhouse here. Well, they quit making the T100 in '98, I think, pretty certain. Mm-hmm. And there were two V6 engines installed in them over the years that they made I mean, the T100. One at a time, right? Uh, the first one, the three VZ engine, uh, they were pretty decent engines, but I'd be a little leery of that one. Uh, starting about in 95, they started putting in the 5VZ, uh, 3.4 liter V6, mm-hmm. and those engines were bulletproof. Yeah. So with 110,000 miles, I'd snap it up. I, I would drive that truck all day long. Yeah, I have to agree with him on that. It's a collector's item. I think I, it'd be interesting to see what the asking price was because that's a classic. I'd love to see how clean the body is. Yeah. All right, you heard it from Rick. Snatch that baby up. Uh, <laughs> next, we have one from, uh, I don't believe I have the name on it, but it says, Hi, Josh and team. I was reading on, I was reading on jalopnik.com, which is a uh, auto website, and they had an article that recognized that some people end up living in their vehicles. And I guess nowadays in the pandemic, there's not unheard tough, of. tough times. Um, I was wondering what would be the best vehicle or vehicles, not a camper, to live in for a small family or an older couple, an animal lover with several animals, or a young single person. Hopefully, no one will ever need this information. Thank you. And I agree. I hope 
no one ever needs this information. Yeah. And I believe this was from um, Anne Marie. Um, vans, when you say a van. That, I mean, obviously, the first thing I would think is something with a lot of space. So uh, a passenger van or a, or a larger SUV would be preferable. Yeah. yeah with, the, with the seats that fold down. So mm -hmm. if you had a bunch of people uh, and, uh, and then you could fold all the seats down, and you'd have a little area for sleeping in the back. Yeah. Kind of a sad thing to be discussing, it but is. you can't close your eyes to the reality, it's reality. of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You can't drive a house to work, but you can sleep in a car. Yeah. And I, I would look at a Sienna because the Sienna vans, at once you can make it open up inside by pulling the middle row seats out and flattening the rears yeah. and put enough blankets down to make a pretty comfortable Yeah, a lot bag. of vans do that. I think the uh, yeah. Honda Odyssey and uh, a yeah. number of other ones do that. And so. especially if you were considering the idea of a vehicle that, say, you weren't looking to live in it permanent, but drive it to a campground to camp in the van. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it'd make a great little mini home for that. Yeah. 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 yeah there's a big culture out there, you know, yeah. van life culture, exactly. lots of neat tips and tricks on how to how to turn your van into a, a, a temporary living space. A happier thought idea of living in it. Maybe, maybe she only means for a weekend or a week when you're camping out somewhere mm -hmm. while you're just on a bit of vacation. Yeah. Absolutely. 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And I think Josh will continue with the Sure, text. I got um, actually not a text, but we have one more anonymous feedback I can read. Uh, this one says, love the show as much as I love my 1968 Barracuda. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, hi, Nancy. Uh, with V6 engines quickly being replaced by four-cylinder turbos, not so much a Toyota yet, but coming down the pike. They're apparently. coming. Uh, I'm concerned that all the extra pressure on the engines will cause them to wear much sooner. What are your thoughts? Uh, that's something that I don't think we're going to see that big an issue. Mm -hmm. because the quality of the engines has changed so much over the years and increased so much that it, it's insane. As a young kid, I, I used to always believe in the Chevy V8s. It was the better. Yeah. Oh, you had to have a, a Chevy V8. But I always learned that when you're disassembling an engine, you had to have a special tool called a ridge reamer, and it would actually cut the metal away at the top of the cylinder so you could get the piston out of the block. And this is because of the wear that it would do. The first Toyota engine that I ever disassembled was on a Toyota Cressida. <laughs> and when I took it apart, the cylinder was still in perfect condition. And the car had 150,000 miles on Did it. Did the customer know that was your very first engine? Honestly. No, they didn't. Oh, well, the first it. Toyota engine. I'd had quite a few other engines apart, but my first Toyota engine. That's like getting on an airplane and the pilot says, this is my first flight. Yeah, yeah, might be a little scary. How did you do? Did you fix it? Perfectly. Good. The car ran great. Really? I, I had a lot of help, but the car ran great. But it, when I looked at that engine and I'm seeing a block that had almost no wear, I'm thinking, there's something to these Toyotas. Yeah. And that's why I've stuck with this brand for 25 now, years. Remember, this is not an infomercial, and we don't... There True. Are, there are better but, cars on the road than Toyotas. Every model, every every manufacturer has good models and bad mm -hmm. models. We recommend Consumer Reports. Uh, Toyota only has 15% of the market. That means 85% of the population chooses another car in Toyota every time they buy a car. And yet the cool part is that all these cars competing against each other means they all have to bump their quality mm -hmm. and bring them up. 
Exactly. So they're all getting so much better. You're right. That's why these new cars can do three, four hundred thousand miles. Yep. Whereas used to be a hundred thousand miles, it was time to overhaul the engine. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, the Toyota Cressida, that's really going back in mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Goodness. Uh, we have a caller from Jupiter, and uh, Dick is on the line. Good morning, Dick. How are you? Good morning. How are you all? Welcome to the show. Doing good. Yeah, well, I've called, I've called before a while back. I'm gonna have a week, I listen every week almost if I'm around. I, I listened to you this morning. It looked like the calls were a little thin, so I thought I'd call with some comments. That's all right. Sure. Oh, I don't sure. have a question. Absolutely. Yeah, well, uh, well, number one, I think you're doing a great day program. I uh, I really enjoy listening to it. But some of the technical aspects kind of—I'm an engineer, a retired one—and mm-hmm. uh, technical aspects kind of bug me. Uh, the comments on the Corvair, um, uh, Mr. Nader was a, a hack. Let me tell you, from the engineering world, I'm a SAE member and mechanical engineer and et cetera. Is mm-hmm. that right? Uh, he's a hack. Uh, <laughs> the Corvair, I've owned a number of them, one of the best cars I've ever owned. Handled well, 64. They had a slight problem with the rear spring. They put a leaf spring in there to keep the camber from mm-hmm. dropping too far. Mm. Other than that, the, the design is based on uh, some very famous cars, the Porsche and the Volkswagen, the rear engine. Mm-hmm. And a comment to Earl, Earl said the car was a front-wheel drive that he bought for his mother-in-law or whatever. No, it's, it's the rear my, engine. My ex wife, yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of bugging me, so I thought I'd call in and say hi and uh, comment on that. Uh, the other thing I'd like to comment on is um, the, one of the best, my best experiences in 80 some years of living um, and buying many cars is with a Tesla. The Tesla buying experience and the service I've had the car, my, I've had one since the 18. 2018. I uh, put 30 some thousand miles on it. It's a wonderful car. I can't hardly keep myself out of it. Mm-hmm. But the buying experience is wonderful. The service is great. Uh, a couple of occasions, I uh, had a little altercation, had some body work done. I've had the service done and uh, had a flat tire. They serviced that and uh, even gave me a new tire because they couldn't repair the leak. So, well, I appreciate anyway, it. I just want to comment on Tesla. They, uh, they're doing a wonderful job. I think they're going to run the rest of the guys out of business. Did you know that the, uh, the value of Tesla now has risen to the point where they're worth more than the combined value of General Motors and Ford? Uh, it's, oh, yeah. I know. Uh, and I, actually, I actually, it every day. All the, yeah. all the, uh, In fact, it's even more uh, than Toyota and Volkswagen and, uh, combined. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with you totally is, on the— I've taken the money I paid for my Model S. Mm-hmm. In 18, and put it in a stock market. I could have bought two Model S's today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and How about that? And let's let's talk about the Corvair again a minute. I, I oh yeah, you, I'm you, a, I'm an enthusiast. Uh, Porsche Club of America for 50 years, yeah. and the Corvair Club, and all that stuff. So yeah, you brought back uh, some memories that that uh, the Corvair was ahead of its time, and uh, and the engineering was. Uh, uh, groundbreaking. Uh, it was. Yeah, uh, Ed Cole was the lead engineer at that time. He was wonderful. Yeah. Was wonderful. So it, it, it doesn't get the credit of the fact that it was really a design marvel. I will say this though, and I, and I, this is from experience. I, I did drive the Corvair, and I did drive it, um, you know, at high speeds. It might have been that particular Corvair that I owned, uh, but I distinctly remember. Uh, it being unstable 
at speeds over about 65, 60 or 65. Is, is there uh, any recollection on your part, or any reason why that would be? No, my first one was a 64 uh, Corvair Spider convertible with a turbocharged engine. They oh. were one of the first ones out with yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I did that after the first set of tires were out, and it was still handling, but I, I put uh, the next tires, the radials on it, made it wonderful, even better than what it was before. I did okay. not have any recollection of poor handling. Yeah, it was just on a, it, uh, only at higher speeds. I, I love the way the car handled around town and the way, uh, you know, on turns and parking and and so on and so forth, but on the Florida Turnpike, I have the, the recollection of... Uh, well, they're very, uh, they very sensitive to tire pressure. You had to do, the top uh-huh. tires had to be at a low pressure, and the rear tires at a higher pressure is all in the manual. If you didn't do the tire pressures right, yeah, they were squirrely handled. Oh, that might have been my problem, yeah. Well, thanks yeah, very much for the, the call. The tire pressure is very sensitive. I hope uh, you can call again. I love, I love to have a guy with technical knowledge yeah. and an engineering well, degree. I, I, Absolutely. I, um, and, Dick, you sound like as if that you're quite experienced and qualified, so I can't let you go unless you give me your opinion of my 1968 Barracuda. Well, I'm a Mopar fan, too, so I love Barracudas. I'm also a senior master judge with the AAC, the Antique Automobile Club of America. Uh-huh. I've judged uh, many uh, restored Barracudas on the, on the show field, and um, I just like them. I like Mopars. Oh, wonderful. Well, so, thank you. But uh, your, um, uh, what year was your Barracuda? Oh, my, my Barracuda was a uh, 68. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's that was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, well, then you have the V8 or 6? 6. Yeah, that was a wonderful engine. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I really nice enjoyed forever. it, and it was pretty yeah. roomy for my three daughters. I used to take them yeah. to the drive-in, and they'd lay back there. Would they'd go in their PJs, and uh, I'd make popcorn and all kind of goodies, oh, and we'd go yeah. to the drive-in, and it was such a, we had such a great time. Yeah, well, I uh, never owned a Barracuda, but I owned a lot of Mopars and restored them. A uh, little red truck. Uh, yeah, I had the, I had the Shelby. Uh, uh, it was one of the Force uh, Shelby yeah. uh, 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 Omni car, the GLHS. That was uh, uh-huh. something else. Anyway, I like Thank the Mopars, and uh, here, I'm glad to hear you talk about them. It was great talking to you, Dick. Give us a call yeah. again. Earl loves talking oh, about oh, that stuff. Oh, well, yeah, your technical thing. I just I, I thought I would comment on the Tesla. It don't get enough credit. On your I agree. Show, I, I agree with you totally. It's a, an amazing vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a life experience, really. It's a, I'll tell you, I bought I'm, uh, about 100 cars over the years off and on, and it is the best, it's the best car I ever bought, period. Well, thank you, Dick. I hope you call again, okay. please. Okay, take care. Thank, thank you very care. much. Have a great weekend. Well, it was an interesting ride that we took, uh, Earl, whenever we went over and uh, test drove the Tesla. Yeah. 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 Boy, very I'll impressed. T- yeah. Boy, I'll tell you, my head... <laughs> you know, I, I took a road trip recently. I went up to Tennessee for a, you know, the safest sort of vacation you can take nowadays. And I was thinking about electric cars and Teslas, and you know, the term range anxiety about, you know, x number of miles, yeah. two hundred or three hundred miles, depending on the model you buy. I was just wondering how Tesla sales are going to handle the the age of COVID, where you know people might want to consider their car as their main you know, means of trans, uh, transportation on vacations. You know, Tesla, Tesla has a device that automatically shows you the nearest charging station. Mm-hmm. So no matter where you are in the country, you know the nearest charging station. And it also tells you that how much your range is beyond that. So uh, 
you really, uh, if you if you if you watch your your instrument panel, mm -hmm. uh, you can go just about anywhere in the country, and you plan your trip ahead of time. I I don't think it's going to be a big hindrance, but I range anxiety was huge at the beginning, but now you're looking at over 300 mile range, mm -hmm. and so it's not such a bad deal. And not to mention your average gas tank, probably. Yeah. And the idea that when you stop for that charge up, if it takes 15 or 30 minutes. That's time that you should spend up walking around yeah. a little bit, exercising, getting your blood flowing. You go get a snack or hit the bathroom. Yeah, you know, that time would go by very quickly, and then yeah. you'd be ready to go again. And yeah. we know, Rick. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Rick took a, uh, a very oh, yeah. <laughs> a pioneer in uh, hybrid uh, driving. What he, year was that, Rick? Right? Yeah, went to what? Oh, what year did we do that? Oh, drove a Prius, uh, something yeah. like that. Back in the day, the, the hybrid. It was a unusual thing to have a hybrid car and, and Rick drove a Prius from North Palm Beach to Washington DC was it three days it was about that yeah. on one tank of fuel and yeah, it one was tank. by yeah. driving it in a special manner so that the car used almost no gasoline but was using electric all the way yeah. and did not want to be behind Rick on that road trip yeah <laughs> no and I still wear your shirt from time to time <laughs> that's a cute that was a cute little shirt okay ladies and gentlemen the uh, number is 877-960-9960 and uh, we are going to go to John who is uh, calling us from Stewart good morning John good morning what can we do for you this morning Okay, I have a question. My wife and I, uh, I'm retired, and we're she's getting ready to retire in a couple of years, and we want to get, like, one more car, you know, maybe hopefully to last us. And we've been looking at some cars, and we looked at a, a Hyundai Genesis, and we kind of like that car, but I was just wondering if the guys on the show have an opinion about the Genesis. You know, I don't think uh, we do. I, uh, people get tired of hearing us say this. Uh, but uh, John, but Consumer Reports, uh, you can go to consumerreports.org, uh, type in uh, type in Honda Genesis, and they will give you a complete rundown on the re reliability, the cost of maintenance, safety, uh, a good price, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, my guess is it's probably recommended because Honda builds a great car, and uh, I guess we've got. I see the. The laptop and the uh, iPhone going over here. We might have somebody that's doing the Googling for you. Actually, I was looking okay. up on the VIN number for Donna's car. Oh, okay. Me too. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, we you know, just 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 go to uh, Hon go to consumerreports.org and put in Honda Genesis. Okay. It'll take you and tell you. My guess is it's probably a good, reliable car. My my opinion on yeah. really, I've seen quite a few on the road. I think they're a good-looking right. car, stylish-wise. They're, yeah, they're they great, are, I agree. and there are and so many of them on the road. They yeah, a lot. I know a lot of times. I thought it was a Bentley at first when I first saw one because it's got those little wings, flying wings. But exactly. Yeah, they, like that. it catches you off yeah. guard. I almost wonder if Hyundai is trying to make Genesis into its own separate brand that they may kick off separate from Hyundai soon. I, I believe they are. I think yeah. it's going to be like analogous to the Lexus and Toyota. Yeah. Like your higher end line versus your more run of the mill. And yeah. Hyundai has come a long That's way. So I, you can oh, probably Hyundai. do I'm pretty good Honda. with that car. Hyundai. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're Hyundai has really come up on their quality. I, I think you could do really good with that car. Okay. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys show. You guys do a great job. Thanks a lot. Oh, thanks a lot, John. Keep on listening. Okay, bye-bye. Have a wonderful weekend. Yes,
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to let everyone know that uh, we are going to discontinue the calls because we do have a mystery shopping report coming up and it's real important that you vote on our mystery shop uh, because we love hearing from you hearing from you the listeners and i believe that uh rick is uh has a, a youtube i've got a, a, a can i just jump in here? here i wasn't fast yeah. enough the so hyundai, hyundai genesis is a reliable car has high under satisfaction 78 uh, percent and uh it shows uh, just at a quick glance here uh, good mileage, low cost of maintenance. It's a good vehicle. Yeah. Uh, two quick ones. First, uh, for Donna that called in earlier, if you're listening, we got your VIN number. Your car is not under the campaign for a fuel pump. So you do not need the fuel pump replaced on your car. You're fine on that. And Justin Thomas is asking on YouTube here. My wife and I are in the market for new cars. They want two new cars. What would be the best strategy, and when do you tell the salesperson that you're looking for two cars versus only one? Well, I think it'd be. I think it'd be good. I think that uh, uh, they're looking at a commission, and uh, uh, basically they're getting a double commission. Mm -hmm. If they're smart, they'll probably give you a better price on both cars. If you're a good negotiator, and if you have compared those prices with their competition, uh, you'll get typically a little better price on two cars and a little better price on three cars. Uh, uh, fleet sales are typical of that. We get, uh, you know, not often, not often enough, but at my dealership, we'll sometimes sell eight or 10 cars at a time. And to be competitive, you have to have the price shaved real, real low. So two cars should get a better unit price than on one. Yeah, I concur. Okay, now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, mm -hmm. I, uh, are you all caught up, Rick? Yep. Okay, great. And Josh, you're we're good to go. Okay. Uh, we are going to go to the Mystery Shopping Report, uh, the highlight of the show. And uh, we're, we've uh, mystery shopped uh, Green Acres Nissan. And keep your texts coming in. We have the telephone line uh, closed during this, but uh, you can still text us at 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. Or... YourAnonymousFeedback.com, YourAnonymousFeedback.com. And typically we have some time left at the end of the shopping report, and we'll get to those texts and anonymous feedbacks at that time. As Nancy said, we shopped uh, Green Acres Nissan. Um, before I begin the report, I'd like to do a quick follow-up to last week's Takata uh, shop of Greenway Kia. You recall that they failed the Takata test by neglecting to disclose recall and for being willing to sell Agent Thunder a dangerous vehicle without making the repairs first. We said that we would run the VIN on safercar.gov, and I mentioned that earlier in the show. Everybody should write that down, safercar.gov, and check your VIN. We just did it for another caller, found out that her Toyota Camry did not have a fuel pump recall. So uh, safercar.gov. So we ran this on the car dealership uh, vehicle from last week, uh, a week later to see if the vehicle uh, still had the open recall. Now, I'm pleased to report that the BMW in question appears to be fixed. So uh, that kind of uh, mitigates the uh, slapping we gave the dealership last week. They did fix it, but it wasn't in time for Agent Thunder, but it wasn't time for the real buyer when somebody comes up and buys that car. Better late than never. Yeah. Oh. 
Okay, now on to our current shop. We decided to invest in a good old-fashioned, too-good-to-be-true advertisement. Oh, you know, boy. people just understood that. You know, there's no such thing as a free lunch, all those cliche expressions. Uh, too-good-to-be-true is just too-good-to-be-true. And when you see that, you see a, a $40,000 vehicle that for $39 a month, <laughs> something should, you know, the light bulb should go off, something. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's amazing that people flock in. There's got to be uh, a psychological term yeah. to describe that. I know. Uh, P.T. Barnum is a sucker born every minute. I guess he was right. I don't know. Uh, I don't know why people respond, but they do, and that's why we use that as a test as to where we're going to do our mystery shop. Uh, decide to invest. Say, okay, here we go. Uh, these have been the bread and butter of Earl and Carr since the beginning, the unbelievable advertising. The subject of this week's shop to Green Acres and Nissan. Uh, we've only had the pleasure to investigate them once before, about 15 months ago. Green Acres Nissan opened up just a few years ago in the Lake Worth area, and we believe it's partly owned by the Terry Taylor Auto Group. Well, Terry Taylor uh, is an interesting person. He is the largest private owner of car dealerships in the country, and uh, he, he owns control. He's the general partner, and you lawyers out there know about LLCs. So Terry Taylor uh, is the general partner, and then he has limited partners, and makes them feel good, but if Terry Taylor wants to do something, the limited partner doesn't have control, he has control. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's got uh, 40 or 50 dealerships At in least, his yeah. pri private. He doesn't use his name, he, he tries to remain anonymous, and that's the reason I say, Terry Taylor, Terry Taylor, <laughs> and he doesn't, he doesn't want you to know. Oh, <laughs> I'm not sure why, anyway. Uh, Terry Taylor Auto Group, uh, Green Acres Nissan, uh, is probably the limited partner. It's general manager and limited partner, uh, managing partner. Mike, uh, is that Panaccio pronounced? I believe so. Panaccio, yeah. yeah. Uh, also runs Terry Taylor Southern 441 Nissan in Royal Palm Beach. And I, does he also run uh, Southern 441 Toyota? I, you know, I believe that is the case. Yeah. Excuse so. me, I believe that's Panaccio. Yeah. yeah. I, our resident <laughs> Italian American Nancy can. Yeah. Be the authority on that pronunciation. <laughs> At any rate, uh, you may have seen him star in their commercials, which have been all over t TV. And I think he has his kids in the commercial. He has two of the cutest kids, cutest two kids boys. Yeah. Yeah. They're are, they, are they identical they're, twins? They're, they're tw if they're not, they, they they're, sure yeah. look they're like really close. They're really they're adorable. Cool. Yeah, yeah, so uh, Mike Panaccio, we love your kids. Agreed. <laughs> they're really cute. You ought to let one of them do a commercial. I mean, that would be even better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, the ad came uh, to They're much cuter than your kids, I can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are. You're not well, you used to be cute. Yeah, about 40 years ago. Yeah. The ad that came oh. to our attention was on the website of Green Acres Nissan, promising a new 2020 Nissan Rogue Sport S lease for only $84 a month. Now, uh, $84. People flock in on these things. I mean, they flock in. It's like... Uh, if 100 people come in, and I'm making up a number, 92 say, you're trying to screw me, I'm out of here. But eight of them say, hmm, hmm. And a couple of them drive out with the car. So that's, it's a numbers game. Yep. You throw enough up against the wall and something sticks, and these car dealers advertise absurdly unbelievable offers. 
but there's always somebody that flocks in and ultimately someone buys. I don't understand that human psychology. An offer this amazing is sure to bring in lots of customers. The ad's headline states, savings so low, every Nissan's got to go. Uh, that's, you know, so what do they call that? There's a speech term. I know it's rhyme, but, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people use that in there. Politi politicians use it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I believe. Uh, Irv, Irv Slosberg, I, uh, let Irv serve. I let Irv serve. And then there's, uh, <laughs> you better call Saul, but that's a TV show. Yeah. yeah. Which I'd rather watch than uh, Every time I hear let Irv serve, I think about you better call Saul. Oh, I love that. Uh, I love that series. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's a clever rhyme. And right below the ad claims that. Green Acres Nissan is home to the real deal. <laughs> really got to flow home to got the real deal. Got a lot of rhythm there. Hey, this is the real deal. You know? mm -hmm. Another rhyming tagline, but these are statements as honest, uh, are these statements as honest as they are lyrical? Also clearly visible are the promised payment of $84 per month along with some red banners that read $0 down, a, a $0, zero payments, payments uh, zero payments, $0, until uh, 2021, and 0% APR up to seven years. Here, I'll hold this up. You can see the shot of the... Uh... So it looks pretty good, doesn't it? $84 a month and zero down. And, you know, I mean, just... Uh... Just tell me where to sign. Yeah, where do I sign? I don't even want to see the car. Just where do I sign? <laughs> okay, of course, there are several lines of fine print. <laughs> and, and, you know, <laughs> I, you're not going to be able to read it. I, I can't read it, and I have this in my hand, and that's probably blown up to uh, bigger than you normally see it, but they, it's literally uh, unreadable. You can't read it. And not to mention, on the website, it's a uh, it's moving across the screen. It, yeah. it stays there for like three seconds, and then it disappears. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, uh, we blew it up, and uh, we have it here. This is what this unreadable, un in invisible fine print says. Plus tax, title, license, and $999 dealer fee. I mean, they're putting the fine print. Why do they just make it 1000 I mean, Or 10000 I mean, if you're hiding it, who cares whether it's 999 uh, $999 $3,770, $3,777 due at signing. Now, here's this uh, $0 down, okay? What's that? There's much more fine print, but that portion seems to be the only part relevant to the lease payment. Right away, we can see that the $0 down is not referring to the lease. Uh, the fine print reveals that the customer will need to come up with tax, title, license, $999 dealer fee on top of $3,777 due at signing. You add it all up, you're looking at $5,000. $5,000 and people are flocking in to Green Acres Nissan thinking, I can get in that car and drive it home for eighty-four dollars a month, www.aintgonnahappen.com. <laughs> yeah, we need to remember to start putting these things on that. You know what would be great there, if yeah. the attorney general was listening right now. You know, Ashley Moody, you can you, you it's a it, it's really uh, I don't know what to call it out there, but you can enforce the law. <laughs> yeah, Ashley Moody enforces the law against car dealers and the Florida Automobile Deals Association will no longer make campaign contributions and she will no longer be elected Attorney General. Look at so That's a sad fact. I hate to be cynical. Sad reality. That's, that's a fact. Agent Thunder was dispatched into the field to investigate. Here's the report. 
uh, oh, I brought my wife. I'm speaking in the first person as if I'm Major Thunder. So my wife and I arrived at Green Acres Nissan in the mid-afternoon and pulled into a spot right in front of the showroom. A couple of salesmen approached our car. After an unspoken agreement was made as to who would uh, greet me, <laughs> flip the coin maybe, uh, one of the salesmen approached us and introduced himself as Akeem. He was wearing a mask and seemed very friendly as we made small talk. My wife showed him the $84 Nissan Rogue advertisement, and he instantly let us know that the fine print has requirements to get that price. I like the, the verbiage there. Well, here's Akeem, and he's listened to a sales manager. He's only three days on the job. Well, boss, what, what do I tell them if they come in and they think they can really buy it? Because the ad says $84 a month. He says, Akeem, listen, you say this. Read my lips. We call that loading, loading, the lips, loading yeah. lips. The fine print has requirements. And Akeem says, requirements? Yeah, use requirements. The fine print has requirements to get that price. Okay, boss. So <laughs> this is the way they're prepared. And uh, everyone would say the exact same thing when you came in. Uh, but let's go take a look, okay? Uh, we entered the showroom, and I was pleased to see that everyone appeared to be wearing a mask. Good. Uh, you know, it wasn't uh, a month ago that every Misty shop, virtually, nobody was wearing masks, and it was really scary. And finally, uh, Palm Beach County, County Commission, made it a law, and I guess that got everybody's attention. Mm -hmm. All retail establishments require, have to require the customers to wear masks, I think. Is that right? Um, yes. You know, require in, the customer. In, inside public, yeah. publicly accessible yeah. spaces. Customers and salespeople must wear masks. Uh, although upon closer look, some of the salespeople and customers had them lowered to their chins. And I see this, and uh, frankly, it happened in our dealership. Mm -hmm. we, got, we got caught, we got scolded by a customer, and he texted us and said, you know, I just went in, and you're talking about being careful and wearing masks. I was in your dealership, and uh, the telephone receptionist did this, you know. <laughs> and uh, that's scary. Uh, Josh just keeled over, so. <laughs> but it is scary. Uh, at any rate, uh, Akeem led us to a desk. We made more conversation. He was new to the car business, and we've seen that pattern. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, there was always a lot of fresh blood in car dealerships because the turnover is very high. It's even higher today. And I think just about every salesperson we've dealt with on Mystery Shopping Reports the past three or four weeks has been new, new to the trade. Uh, uh, having only been there a month, uh, his pleasant demeanor was engaging. He came across as friendly and sincere. We declined his offer for a test drive, stating our concerns over the coronavirus. Uh, he handled this well and offered to show us a rogue on the showroom floor. After an informative presentation, it was time to get into the numbers. My wife and I repeated her desire to get the $84 a month payment and asked him about the requirements. That was the, you know, the jargon he is. Yeah, just uh, a very good word. I like that. It's uh, I like that as if, if I were euphemism. an evil car dealer. Yeah, yeah, right. I was trying to think of that mm -hmm. euphemism. In the fine print, he had mentioned it before. He said it would be uh, close to $5,000 to get there. I like that. You know. Uh, and asked about our credit score. We told him we had an older Hyundai trade and we were willing to use along with two to $3,000 cash. Also, we said our credit was no issue. We both had uh, scores, beacon scores over 800. That's very high. 
He seemed pleased by that response. He then asked a series of questions. One, are you in the military? <laughs> yeah. We know where that's going. Uh, and then, what is your job? And I, mean, I was curious. You know, I wonder why they, what's my job? I, I'm a bricklayer. Yeah. I mean, what I, I, I didn't, until I read Josh's report a little further, I wasn't sure what that was. Uh, and then it says, uh, we have a few vendors on our list that may qualify for certain specials. Turned out if you work for Nissan, mm -hmm. if you're the manufacturer. Or maybe certain companies that do business with yeah, Nissan. Right, yeah, right, yeah. And lastly, uh, does anyone in your household drive a Nissan? So what that all means is those are a fine print. That, it wasn't even the fine print. Uh, normally they put that in the fine print, but here, if you really wanted to get the price, you had to be in the military, you had to work for a Nissan supplier or Nissan, and you had to have somebody at home that already had a Nissan. Yeah. Now the odds of those three things happening are about like the odds of winning the lottery, uh, or you know, just crazy. Uh, and they, they get away with it. Mm -hmm. Ashley Moody, they get away with it. Unfortunately, none of our answers unlocked any special savings. Undeterred, Akeem said he would do what he could do and left to go see his manager. Here we go. I got to check with my manager. Back and forth, back and forth. Haggle, hassle, back and forth. About 10 minutes later, he returned with a printed proposal. On the right side of the page was an itemization of the pricing and fees on the lease. Uh, everybody's adopting the new market value selling price. That's simply Jack and the MSRP, the manufacturer's suggested retail price, which is very high. Nobody's going to pay MSRP. You always get a discount of MSRP. That's why we have the market selling price so that we can raise it up above the MSRP and then you lower it to the MSRP and you buy it at the jacked up price. So that's the psychology there. Uh, worksheet also so the taxable fees, which is uh, $365.50, which is a way of saying hidden fees because they are not government fees. The only thing they kind of uh, do, reveal, and they don't call it a dealer fee, they call it a dock fee. So uh, they really have, in terms of dealer fees, the generic term, about uh, $1,400 in hidden fees. Mm -hmm. On the left side of the page was a grid showing different lease payments with various cash down, 24 versus 36 months. Uh, the payments for 36 months with $3,000 down, which is what uh, my wife told them that we would uh, buy it for plus our $1,500 in trade, it was $188 a month. Now that's $100 more than the $84 a month that it was advertised for. $100 more, that's huge. That's more than twice as much as you wanted to pay. Uh, and the fine print didn't even mention uh, the military and the rest of it. They uh, got to work for Nissan. And Okay. Uh, Perhaps we would have been closer to the $84 per month if we'd been, like I just said, that the military, a Nissan vendor, or a household member had it been. Uh, what, what I find uh, like even more puzzling is like between their $3,000 down and their trade-in of $1,500, that's $4,500 there, which yeah. is really close to the you know $5,000 or so they mentioned in the fine print. Yeah. But despite that, they're still $104 higher than the promised payment. And, and, I, and it doesn't seem like the three bogus and, qualifications would, would make that big a difference. Yeah, they weren't, and those weren't even in the disclaimer. So exactly, it's just, yeah. This is blatant. Uh, yeah. That's, a, that's a, it's, it's illegal to have them not conspicuously displayed 
So what is it if they're not displayed at all, uh, Ashley Moody? I mean, yeah. that's just, it's illegal. It's, you're breaking the law. This, there's you're breaking the no law. other way to put it. So here we are, uh, unapologetically deceptive. Uh, even after we came up with a down payment, uh, everything. There was no way you'd get anywhere near the advertised payment. Uh, so it's just a, it's just a, a bad, bad report. Uh, here we are at voting time, and uh, we need to find out what our audience. Uh, please uh, register your vote and text, uh, or post it on Facebook. Love to hear your votes. YouTube, post it. Uh, well, who's got some votes? Uh, Nancy, do you have any votes coming in? I think I'll wait for the uh, uh, listeners. Okay. I think I know what Linda has already voted. <laughs> but, uh, I think Linda, Linda, Linda said uh, she gave him an F about an hour and a half ago. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Linda saw where the uh, where this was going, I believe. Yeah. Um, anything else? Uh, well, oh. Mr. Hand on YouTube says Green Acres might be the place to be, but this dealer gets ah. an F from me. <laughs> oh, I like that. Uh, Mark Ryan with an F. Uh, we got Martha Gillespie Beeman came in with an F, and Linda Vittori gave us an A plus plus and said, good job, Josh. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with her. Absolutely, Josh. I'll tell you, you know, in these unfortunate times, it's really, it, it, it saddens me to hear that um, there's so much going on. The shenanigans are unbelievable. Can these people sleep at night? Do you have a conscience? And uh, without a doubt. <laughs> they do sleep at night. That's, that's what the disturbing part. And I just have to say that I used to sleep at night when I was evil. Uh, car dealers rationalize their behavior and they actually have a camaraderie with each other, and it's a reinforcement sort of a thing. So, yeah, yeah unfortunately, they sleep well. Yeah, well, I understand what you're saying, but things have changed yeah. uh, enormously, yeah. you know. And, uh, well, anyway, uh, I give them an F. That is a Green Acres a Nissan. I give them an FF. Rick? And we've got F from Karen, Rico West, F, very deceptive, Mark Anderson, D, Mark from St. Louis, and he says, A for Nancy's Barracuda stories. Hey. <laughs> uh, Tim Gilliland, F. Wayne Veit, big F. Guy Larrabee, a big fat F. Yeah. And a real fast one here. Uh, John in California, safercar.com or safercar.gov cannot let you know if a car has been in an accident. He's asking if it could. They can only tell you if there's an open campaign on your car, a safety campaign. You would need to go to Carfax or one of the others like that yeah. to determine if an accident has occurred well, with your vehicle. Auto check is the other one. The two big ones are Carfax and Auto Check. Mm -hmm. Yep. So right. there we are. We got a failure, right? I think yeah. I, there's no hope. Now, I got to go along with that. I think if we put them on our do not recommend list, and uh, you can go to EarlOnCars.com. We have all our shopping reports. We have recommended and do not buy from this dealer. And so Green Acres Nissan. Do not buy from this dealer, but there's hope. We will. Your kids are really cute on the advertising, on the TV commercial. Uh, we're going to give you another chance. We're going to go back, shop you again. We always do. We follow up, and you can be on the recommended list. All you have to do is treat people honestly. Just be good. Be good. Be, be good. Absolutely. Green Acres Nissan. Uh, first, I want to say thank you very much, Josh, for joining us today, and uh, it's been a pleasure great asset to the show oh, thank and you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us every saturday morning we uh we wouldn't be what we are without you so have a wonderful weekend and we'll see you right back here 
next Saturday at 8 a.m.